Lord Jesus, we thank you for that wonderful promise that you truly will take care of us, not just in the good moments, but in the tough moments as well, not just in our abundance, but in our lack as well. You take care of us, and we thank you, Jesus. We pray for your blessing. We pray for your, your scriptures to speak to our hearts now. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, we want to make sure all of you stay awake, and so we uh, keep you on your toes. I saw all of you are used to the format of us sitting right before, in the song right before, so Mark, I'm glad you had everybody stand up. That was, that was good. Choir, good job. Way to lead the way on that. They weren't sure what to do, though. People looked around when you guys stood up, not sure what to do. We're glad that everyone, we're glad you all figured that out. So maybe for a few weeks we'll stand, then we'll change it up on them again, just to just to keep you on your toes. We want to keep you on your toes here. Scout, we're so proud of you. Thank you so much, sweetie, for being in the choir. We're proud of your parents too, Donna and Willie. Calderon for their raising a fine young lady and for them letting her come to choir practice in her pajamas. Um, We're welcome any kids to come to the choir practice in their pajamas. All adults, please wear standard clothing. Thank you very much. We'd appreciate that. Um, so thank you, Barbara and Elmer. I see you all up there as well. Thank you for the leading out in the 5K last week and our school as well for your participation in that. We had uh, 72 people last year and 96 people, I think, this year. So we had 24 more people that said, I want to be healthier for this, for this new year. So maybe next year we'll have 100 more people. So we'll pray for that. Uh, but we're grateful. I want to invite you all to remember as well our Pathfinders in prayer. They're away on a camp out, so please keep them in prayer also this morning as they're on that, that camp out and their families. I feel bookend here. I'm bookended by blondos. Now I got a blondo in this corner and I got a blondo in this corner. Weird things I think about when I'm standing up here, but if I told you all the things, I mean, I literally, while I'm speaking, I'm thinking things about each and every one of you while I'm up here. And, You'd be surprised. It's a joy. To our sermon today, though, we're continuing our series on the Lord's Prayer, and I want to tell you a story about a young man named Peter. Peter was my translator in Kenya. I was in Kenya a while back for some meetings, and I was preaching for, for a number of days, and, and Peter was my, my translator, and we were walking down the streets on one of, our, one of the days off, one of the time slots off that I wasn't having to speak, and we were walking down the streets of, of Nairobi. I was wanting to go to the markets and maybe look at some, some tourist, touristy things, souvenir uh, shops. And while we were walking, we were talking about, about life, and I was asking him about where he lived and, and what he did for work and what he wanted to do with his life and, and a number of, of, of other things. And, and as he spoke to me, he was just very humble in his, in his dialogue. He had a simple job. He made close to nothing, uh, especially by our standards. He lived in a one-room place. Everything was in one room, in one collective room. Uh, most of his money went to helping his family. His sister and his brother-in-law had died of AIDS, and they left eight children to his grandparents or to his parents. And so most of his money uh, went to to helping his family take care of those kids. I was talking to him about what do you want in life and he kept 
saying about other people and other things. I said, what do you want? What do you want to do with your life? He said, well, you know, Pastor, I'd really like to go to college. Then he threw in this caveat. But if not, that is okay because I must take care of my family. I want to go to college, but if not, that is okay because I must take care of my family. He was so content. I said, I told him, I told him, I said, it, it's rude to ask this in the United States, but, but can, I, can I ask you, and it's probably rude in Kenya as well, but, but can I ask you how much money do you make a month? And he told me how much he made. It was so little. As he, told, as he had already told me about how much he made, and, and, and it was so, so small, the, the amount of money that he made. And suddenly my tourist shopping money felt very heavy in my pocket. It felt very unnecessary for the marble chess set or whatever I was going to buy that I was never, ever going to use in my life, probably. Or the wood carvings or whatever they sell there in the markets. And so I pulled out what I had in my pockets and I handed it to him and I said, I think that should about double it. And his face lit up and he said, now I'll be able to pay for my rent. And I said, you weren't going to be able to pay for your rent? He said, no, I, I, I took off all of work so that I could do translating for you for this month. And he said, then he said to me, he said, but the Lord always takes care of me. The Lord always takes care of me. What I gave him was about $15 or so, $10 in U.S. money, but it was enough for his rent. He said, Buana, sir, God always takes care of me. And I was struck by, by his faith. The Lord's Prayer says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. The first half of the prayer, the, the, th the previous weeks as we've looked at our sermon, the first half of the prayer is focused entirely on God. That's where our prayer should begin. Our prayer sh should start with our focus on God, focusing on God's glory, focusing on God's majesty, focusing on God's kingdom, focusing on God's will for our lives. But now Jesus teaches, now he shifts the prayer. It's the beginning of the prayer is all focused on God, but, but now Jesus shifts the prayer to, to our needs, to our wants, and he encourages us to pray for ourselves. And Jesus starts out by encouraging us to pray for, for our physical needs. Give us this day our daily bread. There, have been, there has been much debate among scholars of what daily bread really means. Sometimes we can outthink ourselves and we can, we can outdiscuss ourselves sometimes around these topics. At its basic core, I read the scripture at its basic core, what Jesus is simply teaching us is the principle of asking him, of requesting him, uh, requesting of him enough for what we need. Give us this day what is necessary for today. Give us this day what is necessary for this day. Peter, my translator, saw my gift as God giving him his daily bread, enough to provide for his basic needs. Peter wanted to go to college, but that wasn't his prayer request to God. His prayer request wasn't to God, God, please give me enough so that I can go to college. His, his, his desire was, I want to go to college, but, but as long as I can take care of the needs of my family, 
as long as I can take care of my basic needs, that is okay. Please provide for the basic material needs of my life. This prayer is, is so counter-cultural because Jesus is not teaching us to pray for our wants, and yet many within society lean towards that type of prayer, that type of thinking, to pray for our wants. What do I want? But we're instructed in this prayer to ask the Lord simply, what is enough for today? I want to ask you, what do you pray for? Do you pray for simply what is enough for today, or, or do you spend a lot of time pondering and thinking about what you want rather than just what you need? Looking back on my life, I can see that, that early on, through my experience, what, whatever the reasons may be, I can see early on that I had this expectation as a, as a kid of, of abundance and not simply my needs being met. I had the idea that I deserved what I won. I was those kids up here that, that wanted uh, the, the, the bicycle and wanted uh, the new bicycle a year later and wanted the new bicycle a year after that. Or, or I was the kid that wanted the new baseball hat and then the next time the new baseball hat. In fact, I can tell you the truth that at one point it had uh, a collection of football, I mean, baseball helmets for every single team in, in the major leagues. So I obviously uh, was a spoiled brat. Um, but, but, I, but one story stands out in my brain uh, of, in, of, a, of exemplifying this idea that I was someone that had this expectation of wants and not just needs. My dad and I were actually headed to a baseball game at Chavez Ravine in Los Angeles, California. Actually, it's in Glendale, California, but it's right outside of Los Angeles. And I was probably eight or nine years old, and, my, and we stopped. We got off the freeway at some place to get some gas, and right next to the, to the freeway, I still remember it very clearly, was a Wendy's, and uh, we, we got the gas, and we parked in the Wendy's to get a little bit of food because, you know, food's always more expensive inside the stadium than outside the stadium, and so we're getting some food to eat before we went inside. And the area that we stopped at was not a very... Uh, clean environment, it was, it was uh, run down and, and didn't look like the safest of neighborhoods. A lot of fences and barbed wire and, and graffiti in places. And we were sitting there in this Wendy's and across the, 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 the road from the Wendy's, we were looking out the window and there's this apartment place that looked like very low income housing across the street. And I remember asking my dad this question. I remember asking my dad this question. I remember I was eight or nine years old. But I asked my dad this question, if we lived in that place over there, and I pointed across the street, would you send us to live with Grandma JJ or give us away to someone else? This was my question to my dad. My da dad asked, why would I do that? And I said something to the effect of, you wouldn't want us to live there because it's so small and in a not very good neighborhood. To which my dad responded, and he informed me that he and my mom would, would keep us no matter where we lived and, and that we would make do whatever situation we were in. I think about my dad. He must have shaken his head or maybe felt a little bad about his son asking that question considering his own life. He at many times lived in nothing more than just a couple room cinder block home growing up. But at eight or nine years old, although we were not rich, in comparison to what some would define richness, I had still developed an idea that life was about what I wanted 
and about abundance. It was about abundance. I grew up with a roof over my head and food on my table and water to drink, and yet I still had this thought that, that I needed more. I needed more. What do you pray for? What do you hope for? What do you spend your time thinking about? May I ask you, do you pray for your abundance or do you simply pray for daily bread? Jesus taught us beginning in Matthew uh, chapter 6, beginning in verse 25, the following. I want to invite you to open your Bibles there to Matthew chapter 20, or Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25. If you don't have a Bible with you, there's a Bible in the rack in front of you. Of course, you're welcome to use your your uh, tablets or your smartphones, Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25. Therefore I say to you, this is Jesus speaking, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is, life, is, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown out into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O oh, you of little faith, therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For, all, for after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Jesus here teaches us what our basic needs are, and he says that he already knows our needs. He mentions food and drink and clothing, or we would say, uh, some, some scholars say he intends here shelter. Would you and I be okay? Let's ask this question honestly. Would you and I be okay if all God provided for us today, tomorrow, and the day after that, if all God provided for us was food, drink, and shelter. Food so you could be healthy, not maybe your favorite restaurant. Drink so you could be healthy, not maybe your favorite soda or Starbucks. Shelter that you could be dry and warm or dry and cool, but not maybe the house and just the neighborhood you want to live in. Would you and I be okay if all God provided for us was the simple basics. Would you be okay? Would we be okay if there were no more Black Fridays, no more days of abundance? Would you and I be okay if there were no more baseball games, no more nice cars, no more expensive haircuts? What if you had to cut your own hair? Would you be okay? You may look funny, but would you be okay? Some of you have an advantage already on this. <laughs> Would you and I be okay if there was no more golf clubs and no more flat screens? Would we be okay if there was no home remodels or vacations 
to Hawaii or Florida or the Caribbean? Would you and I be okay if there was only dial-up internet? That is a tough one, isn't it? I even had to pause and think if I'd be okay with that. If there was just food, a roof and water, no Starbucks, no coffee, no sodas, no special drinks, would you and I be okay? Would we be okay as a church if we didn't have this organ? Would we be okay as a church if we didn't have these beautiful stained glass windows? Would we be okay? Would we be okay with that? It is, is it wrong to have wealth? Absolutely not. It's not wrong to have wealth. Jesus never condemns wealth in the sense of Joseph, in the life of Joseph of Arimathea or Nicodemus. But Jesus teaches us not to pray for wealth, but rather to pray simply, give us today what we need for today. Give us just what we need for today. This prayer, if we can pray this prayer honestly, can help us to stay away from being tied to material things. The Bible is very clear to us that there is coming a day when all of the things of this world, all the materialist things of this world, will pass away. Is that going to be a good experience for us or a bad experience for us? There will come a day if we remain faithful to who we are and what we believe and what we stand for, that even while we walk on this earth, we could lose everything. Will that be an okay day or is that going to be a horrible day? How tied to our possessions are we? If we can pray this prayer and mean it, I believe that, that we can be more prepared to serve Jesus fully and completely. Mark chapter 10, beginning in verse 17. Mark 10, so you're in Matthew, so Mark 10, beginning in verse 17. The Bible tells us, now as he was going out on the road, one came running and knelt before him, this is Jesus who is walking, and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I might inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, no one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments, Jesus is saying this to the young man who's come to him, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud your honor, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. Verse 20, and he answered and said, the young man who fell at Jesus' feet, and he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him. Note that moment right there. That Jesus' appeal to, to, to step away and to look at our material things from a different perspective is not because he hates our wealth or he hates the abundance. The reason he calls us to step away is because he loves us and he knows that if we love that stuff more than him, it's to our detriment. So Jesus, looking at him with love, said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come and take up the cross and follow me. But the young man was sad at this word and went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. What was wrong with this man? Was, was it wrong that he had a lot of wealth? That wasn't what was wrong with him. What was wrong with him was the idea that he couldn't imagine living without this wealth. That the idea of living without this wealth made him uncomfortable. 
If the idea of not going to a baseball game whenever you want, or not playing golf whenever you want, or not having the clothes that you want, or having the house you want, or not being able to go to the beautician or the salon that you want, or not having the car that you want, or not having the hair color that you want, or not having the multiple pairs of shoes that you want, or, or the vacation that you want, that was the problem with the rich young ruler. And that is the problem with many of us. Not that we have, but that the thought of not having makes us not very happy. Peter, my translator, when I pressed him on, for what he really wanted in life, he said, I want to go to college. Now, college in our society, in our community of faith, I mean, I was raised to see college as a need. I mean, really, my dad's a college professor, and even in my worst states, even when I was on drugs and my grades were dropping rapidly, I still never thought once in my mind, well, I won't go to college, because in my family, you went to college. My little sister was nine months pregnant, and when I say nine months pregnant, she was nine months pregnant, and, and, uh, and she finished her last credit, she took 22 credits in one semester so that she could get done before she had a kid. Why? Because the stewards go to college and get their degree. So it was, in my family, it was taught as a need. But, but in his culture, in his context, it was just a want. And he was saying, I want to go to college, but if not, but if not, I'm okay with that as long as I can take care of the basic needs of my family. As long as I can take care of my eight nieces and nephew who have lost their parents to AIDS. It is not having that is the sin. It is not even, I want to say, wanting that is the sin. It is wanting so bad that when we don't receive or when we lose, we are disappointed even though our basic needs are met and paid for. It is wanting so bad that the thought of not having is unbearable. The rich young ruler walked away sad because he had to have because he had to have more than just his daily bread and he didn't know how he could be comfortable with having less than what he wanted. Y'all, the Lord's prayer is in direct antithesis to what will take place just about 2 months from now. Just about two months from now, we have this wonderful day called Thanksgiving. And then we have the day after it, in which we show we're not that thankful. Called Black Friday. I want you to hear some stories from last year's Black Friday. These are news stories pulled off of the, of the internet from last year's Black Friday. Authorities in Los Angeles say that 20 people suffered minor injuries at a local Walmart when a woman used pepper spray on them to get to the front of the line when the store opened Thursday evening. Do you think this lady was content with just her daily bread? Police in Fayetteville, North Carolina are hunting for two suspects who opened fire at the Cross Creek Mall in a dispute. You think this gunfire indicated a contentedness with needs being met or over their want? At a Walmart in upstate New York, I think the moral of the story is here is don't go to Walmart on Black Friday. 
At a Walmart in upstate New York, a man was arrested after two women were injured in a fight that broke out. I'm not sure why the man was arrested for the two women fighting, but I'm sure none of these people were asking God, just provide my needs. I ask for nothing else. I'm not going to tell you who. I'm not going to tell you who, but I can tell you that one day in Dayton, Ohio, there was someone filming the scene on a Black Friday at an Elder Beerman's in Dayton, Ohio. Anyone remember Elder Beerman's? A few of you? Only two of you, okay. So Elder Beerman's, they were filming a, 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 a news clip for this Elder Beerman's. This is a live shot, a live taken. And suddenly, this fight broke out behind the news camera. Here's the interesting thing about the fight behind this news people. One of the persons fighting behind the people was someone I knew. So I know people who struggle with this issue on Black Friday. Two ladies broke out in a fight at Elder Beerman's, someone that I knew. I won't tell you their name or how closely I may be connected to them or not. I will tell you it's not Christina and not my mom. I'll just give you that bit of information. To quote the news, Fox News, in what seems to be a burgeoning Black Friday tradition, some reports of violence erupted throughout the country. Y'all, if the whole world practiced just this phrase, give us our day, and lived by this phrase, give us our day, give us this day our daily bread, how much different would society be? We wouldn't have days like Black Friday. Let us as Christians examine our own lives and hearts to see if we can truly be thankful, to see if we truly are thankful and content and happy with just the basics, just the basics. If all you had was gone tomorrow and all you had were the basic needs of your life, if God asked you to give more to the kingdom and less to yourself tomorrow, if God asked you to support some special project for his glory, for the salvation of humanity, rather than going on that vacation you wanted to go on. If God said, give all you have to the poor and trust me for your daily bread, are you ready? Am I ready? Are we prepared to do just that? Would you be content? Would you be happy? Would I be happy with doing just that? Would you rejoice even with thanksgiving for that opportunity? Folks, if you know honestly that you would struggle with with that reality. And I'm going to be honest, I would struggle with that reality. Can I tell you a little spiritual discipline that I use in my life when I, when I realize that I'm struggling with caring more about my wants than just being satisfied with where I'm at? Something I do in my life is I try to find opportunity to give more. Give more of my time, give more of my talents, give more of my treasure to God. I find that when I'm willing to do these things in some way, that it also helps me to be more content with whatever God wants to do in my life. So I want to invite you now to pull out your connection card. These cards that you filled out at the beginning. It should say on the front, our daily bread. Again, I hope you've already filled these out. My response to today's sermon, the sermon was clear, hopefully so. But then, underneath there, 
Lord, help me to know the difference between my needs and my wants. As Mark pointed out in his children's story, sometimes it's hard to, to really know the difference. I mean, uh, you know, Mark said, when the kid mentioned the bias, he said, well, I think that should really be something. That's a hard, you know, what's the, what's the difference? It can be a challenge. It's not just a challenge for kids, though. It's a challenge for us as well. It's a challenge for us as well. I sometimes have that debate with myself as I'm standing in front of buying something. Do I really need this? And I tell myself, yes, I really need this. And then I hear that little voice, no, you just want this. You don't really need this. Yes, I, I, really, I really think I need it. And then I buy that 13-inch sub rather than just the 6-inch sub. The next day I look at the scale and I realize I didn't really need it. I just wanted it. Help us to know the difference between my need and my wants. And then, Lord, help me to be content when my wants are not fulfilled. That's our prayer for today. That's our response to the sermon. I hope that you can check both of these. And I want to encourage all of us that if we find ourselves struggling with this, we will look for opportunities to give more to God in our time, in our talents, and in our treasure. May we be more like Peter, my translator, than like the rich young ruler. This is what I want. But as long as I can take care of my family, I'm okay, God. Let us pray. Jesus, we ask you today to provide for our daily needs. Give us enough for just today and help us to trust you in that. Whatever extra may come, may we not become attached to it, but may we see it for what it is, a gift from you to be, to be returned and used for your glory. In your name we pray, amen.
Lord Jesus, we thank you for your abundance, for your faithfulness in our abundance and in our poverty. We thank you for your grace towards us. We thank you for your patience and your graciousness towards each and every one of us in whatever situation we find ourselves. Lord, may each one of us not hold out judgment for another on this topic, but may each one of us in our own hearts, in our own lives, make the decision, whether in wealth or in poverty, to be content and to be as faithful to you as you are to us. We thank you, Jesus, for dying for us. We thank you for the greatest gift of all that you give us, eternal life. Lord, may we go out and use our time and our talents and our treasure to be witnesses for you. In your name we pray.